Welcome to the Forward Church Podcast. We're so glad you joined us today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast to stay up to date with our latest episodes. Now let's get ready to dive into today's message. We know you'll be blessed. Here's what we're doing. We're laying a a foundation today to just go beyond where we're at in our relationships with each other. Our relationships when it comes to marriage, our relationships when it comes to family, our relationships when it comes to to our kids and the way we relate to our coworkers. Can I tell you, no matter what position or where you are in your walk with Christ, whether you're you're single this morning, whether you've been married for 50 years, it don't matter. I hope that this series connects with you in some shape, form, or fashion. And I'm very excited to launch this. This is the month of February, amen? So uh, we're coming up on Valentine's Day. Husbands, Mark your calendars, Wednesday night, Valentine's Day. I believe it's Wednesday, right? Am I correct? Praise God. I just saved somebody's marriage already. See, you came to church this morning, and whether you know it or not, your marriage was just saved right there by me reminding you that it was Valentine's Day. Um, So let me me launch into this this morning. Uh, And by the way, Wednesday night, let me, let me say this, Wednesday night, we're going to have a Q&A time. This is something I'm going to do on both equip nights, and I want to I specify something because I think a lot of people took this the wrong way. We, we started announcing that, uh, so anybody who has a question, you know, about uh, pastor's sermon or the, or the Bible, uh, text in your, your questions, and um, I'm just going to be honest with you, I have been getting bombarded with, with text messages like crazy uh, over the past couple of weeks, which is crazy because I, I know that y'all are listening. But I think you misunderstood what we were actually doing. So let me clarify. We actually have, I don't know, do y'all have the QR code back there? Uh, we, have, we have a way that you can actually text in your questions to a specific Google document. And what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna cut that uh, off about lunchtime on Tuesday. And I'm gonna study those and I'm gonna, I'm gonna, uh, have everything ready, uh, prepared, study. I'm going to have some time to study. Come on, somebody. Amen. A lot, of, a lot of y'all think I'm smarter than what I am. You just come to me with a question and you think, answer it now, pastor. And I'm like, well, give me some time, you know, give me some time. Um, but we're going to have a way for you to text in those questions. And um, praise God, there's the code. If you don't mind, you can go ahead and scan that code with your camera right now on your phone. It'll take you to a Google document. Uh, and any questions that you may have regarding the sermon that I'm preaching. Regarding the sermon that I'm preaching, not Genesis to Revelation, but regarding what I'm preaching. We're going to talk about that Wednesday night, okay? So there is some rules to this. Uh, So that would help me out tremendously, and uh, we're going to be out in the commons area Wednesday night talking about that. Let me... uh, Before I read the scripture, which by the way, if you have your your Bibles, you can go ahead and be turned into the book of Romans chapter one. And while you're turning there, let me say this. When you follow God's prescription and formula for marriage, family, and relationships, it always works better. It works better when you follow God's design of the way he created it. C.S. Lewis says this, human history is the long, terrible story of man trying to find something other than God which will make him happy. So many times I see people 
on this journey in life trying to find something in this world that will make them happy other than God. But a lot of times we have this tendency to want to do things our way. But what I know is what feels right to me is not always the right way. And that's when we usually make a mess of, of, of our life is when we start doing what I think is right or what I feel like in my heart is right. That's when we tend to make a mess of things. And I, I believe my job today, if you wanna know my responsibility of what I'm doing today, my job today is to move you from where you are currently in your relationships closer to God's design. And let me reiterate something. I don't care if you've been married for 50 years or if you're single, this overarching message is for everybody today. No matter what walk of life you're in, because you have to come to God to get the best out of life, period. You can believe the, and, and this is really what we're gonna be doing today, we're, we're gonna be exposing five lies of the enemy, but before I get into that, you, everybody has to come to God to get the best out of life. And that's why I don't feel the pressure to convince you of any of this today. Because if you don't believe me, eventually life, life itself will convince you of that. That ultimately you need God. You need God to get the best out of life. And so in other words, you might not come back next week, but guess what? Eventually you're gonna hit a place in your life. We're gonna leave the light on for you. You'll be back, you'll be back because God's gonna to continue to chase you down. He, he's never gonna, he's never gonna, he, he is relentless in chasing after his people. Which by the way, I want you to go back and I want you to listen to Wednesday night's message, but today I've got a message for you as well. Uh, we're gonna be laying the groundwork. Open your Bibles, Romans chapter one. I'm gonna look at verses 21 through 25 today as our main text. Something we do at Forward Church is we stand for the reading of God's word. This is just a way to honor his word. Romans chapter one, beginning with verse 25, uh, 21. If you got it, say, I got it. If not, it's up here on the screen. It says, because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were thankful, but became futile in their thoughts and their foolish hearts were darkened. Professing to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like mortal humans or corruptible man and birds and four-footed animals and creeping things. Verse 24, therefore God gave them up to uncleanness in the lust of their hearts to dishonor their bodies among themselves who exchanged the truth of God for the lie and worshiped and served the what? Creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. Today I'm excited. I'm going to bring you part one of a three-part series I've titled Focus on the Family. Today's subtitle, and I love this, is Five Lies, Five Lies of the Enemy. Will you pray with me? God, I come before you and I thank you, God, for every single word that you have downloaded into my spirit this week. God, I pray your anointing upon my lips, God. Let everything I do, let everything I say today, God, let it bring glory and honor to your name, Father. And God, I pray this prayer every single Sunday. I don't want a single one of us to leave this place the same way we walked in. And God, I pray, Lord Jesus, God, as we uh, receive your word, God, let it fall on fertile soil this morning and let it produce everlasting spiritual fruit 
in the lives of the ones who hears it, God. And I'll be quick to give you all the praise, all the honor, and all the glory for everything that's accomplished. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said? Fist bump two or three people and tell them to get ready. The scripture that we just read in the book of Romans, it speaks to a people that has a head knowledge of who God is, but they don't really worship him. The Bible says that they know God, but they didn't glorify God. Somebody say they didn't glorify God. Some translations use the word worship right there. They didn't worship God for who he is. Now, I just want to dive straight into this this morning. Y'all looking at me like a deer in headlights, but I got a long way to go and a short time to get there, so I'm just going to hit the ground running this morning. We live in a culture today, I'm afraid that where the majority of the people in this world has a head knowledge of who God is, but they don't worship him as God. We have a head knowledge of who God is. We know who God is. We've heard the name of Jesus, and we might have a head knowledge of that, but we don't understand him to the fullest. Therefore, we don't worship him as who he is. What do I mean by this? See, this doesn't mean that that they didn't come to church or even participate in religious activities. But what it means is they did not place God's worth above their own worth. And we live in a world today that has, I believe, trouble with placing God's worth above their worth. Can I make it personal? And I know nobody here because we're all perfect in this room. But sometimes we have a tendency to not place God's worth above our own worth. In other words, God, what I see is more important or what I feel like is more important or I wanna ask you this question. Do you think your God has a right to tell you what is right or wrong? Do you think God has a right to tell you what's right or wrong? Because if you don't, you're the God. If you don't feel like God has a right or the authority to tell you and I what is right and what is wrong, or if you don't think that God's word has the right or the authority to tell you and I what is right or wrong, then God is not your God. You are your God. That's tough, ain't it? Buckle your seatbelt. We're going somewhere today. It's going to get a little sour, but then it's going to get a little sweet, okay? This generation that Paul is speaking about in the text we just read began to make up who they thought God is. Well, I know what he has said about himself, but I don't really believe that, so I'm going to make up who I think he is. And as a result, their thoughts or minds, the Bible says, became futile, dark, or confused. That word futile means dark and confused. It is, it is a constorted, it is a distorted view of who God is. See, when we tend, when we start to follow our own ways and we put ourselves above God and we say, no, God, you don't know what's best. I'm going to make up what I think is right, what I think is wrong. And that's what the world's doing today. Listen to me. A lot of times the, the, the scripture, the scripture said that they thought they were wise, but really it says they were what? Fools. They were foolish. Man. See, the ultimate tragedy in this text is that they traded the truth of God for a lie. So what are we doing today? Why why are we here today? We're going to look at some lies that I believe the enemy tells us about relationships, and I want to replace them with the truth of the Word of God. 
And the main point, as a matter of fact, the overarching theme of this whole series, and I, I made this point Wednesday night, but I'm gonna make it again today because the overarching theme of every single week that we're gonna be talking about is this point. If you don't get this point, then you don't, you don't get what I'm talking about. And here it is. In order for relationships to work, you've gotta let the one who designed them define them. If you don't allow the creator to tell the creation what is best, then you are removing him from his authority, authoritative position in our life and you are putting yourself on the throne of your heart. Which, and then what happens is, and I, and I should have said this earlier, what happens is we have a tendency then to worship ourself and worship what brings, brings us pleasure and, 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 and the, that's a lie, the, I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself a little bit, but we've bought into this lie that the enemy is telling us that God's ways are not pleasure. God's ways are not, but there is, and we're going somewhere today, but I'm trying to get you to understand that God's way, the creator who created us, who designed us, knows what's best and the way we should operate in relationships. So I'm gonna set up this text. We're actually to... to to look at this, we've got to look all the way back at the story of creation. And I'm going to set up this text. See, God created male and female. That's a, that's a message right there. Set them in the Garden of Eden. Eden actually means pleasure. Gave them everything they need. Outlined the way they should live. The way they should work and the way they should worship. And then all of a sudden, Genesis chapter 3, they're presented with a distorted view by the enemy. Here comes the lies of the enemy. Genesis chapter three, verses one through seven. Let's read this. Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, here comes the first lie. He said to the woman, did God really say? Did God really say? See, because the enemy really, leave that text up, don't, don't go any further. Because what the, what the enemy knows is that, especially if you are a believer in Jesus Christ, he has no authority in your life other than to make you question what God has really told you or said about you. And so he will plant thoughts in your mind that is contrary to what God really said. So lie number one, did God really say you shall not eat of any tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God says, you, you, you don't eat that or you, you will die. And then the serpent said to the woman, lie number two, you won't die. You won't die. Lie number three, for God knows that in the day you eat it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. See, the enemy tries to convince you that God is holding something back from you trying to hold something back that is actually keeping something from you. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eyes and the, and the tree was desirable to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. She also gave to her husband with her and he ate. So both of them are partaking of this lie right here. Then the eyes of both of them were open and here's what happens as a result of believing all those lies. And they knew they were naked. Shame began to set in. And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves covering. They actually began to, to run and hide from God. They, they covered themselves. 
Which, by the way, the next few verses are beautiful, and I don't have these for you, but you can, you can look at this because, because of their shame, they began to run and they began to hide from God. They hid themselves from God, but the story of, of the Creator, our God, is that He continuously chases after them. He calls out to them. And I just want to tell you something in the house this morning. You might have b- believed all of these lies that I'm about to, to get into this morning. You might be in that place where you feel shame where you're running from God and the enemy is telling you it's too late. But I've come by to tell somebody that my God is still calling out to you this morning. My God is still chasing after you. He'll never stop chasing after you. And just because you've got into a place, you say, well, Pastor, I've gotten myself into a place to I don't know if I can get myself out of this. Guess what? You can't get yourself out of this. But God can. Listen to me. There's going to be some moments today where the shame tries to surface in your life. Because I'm going to be talking about some things. As a matter of fact, it might get a little PG-13 in here today. That's okay. I'm not going to, I'm not, I'm not going to do or say anything inappropriate. I don't want to dishonor. I, I was taught from an early age, you don't have to make the clean dirty to make the dirty clean. And we have too many preachers today trying to be cute from the pulpit and dishonoring the church, dishonoring the house of God, and dishonoring the word of God because they're trying to make the clean dirty in order to make the dirty clean. But I am here to tell somebody this morning that if the word of God addresses it, then we should be addressing it. Because the world don't mind addressing it. And you can either let, you can either let the world fill in the blanks for your children, or you can let the word of God fill in the blanks for your children. And as long as I'm here, as long as I'm pastor of Forward Church, I choose to let the word of God fill in the blanks for my children. Come on, somebody. So in Genesis chapter 3, there's five lies of the enemy that we need to expose today. And they actually happen in steps. Meaning step one feeds step two. Step two feeds into step three. Step three leads to step four. And, and before you know it, you're in shame, you're running, you're hiding. Step five. But, but the good news is, I'm going to tell you how to get out of that today. Okay, y'all ready? Step number one, this is all an outline of Genesis chapter three, the scriptures uh, that we just read. Step number one, the devil gets us to question God's word. The devil just gets you to question God's word. And the, here's the lie. God's word isn't totally true. That's the lie that he tells you. And whether you know it or not, I guarantee you over 50% of the people in this room have bought in to that lie. Because it doesn't matter that you're sitting in church this morning. It really doesn't matter, and, and hear my heart, it does matter. But, but in regards to whether or not you believe, people can come to church and still believe that there's errors in God's word. As a matter of fact, we have churches today even established on principles, and I use that term loosely when I call them churches, that's established on principles that are contrary to this word. Because a lot of quote-unquote Christians have bought into a lie that there are errors in this word. But I want you to understand something, and I know I'm not spitting and hollering and standing on my head and running the aisles this morning, but I, I'm trying to get across to somebody in this house this morning because I guarantee you this is resonating with somebody. You're sitting under the sound of my voice this morning, and you've allowed the enemy to tell you that there are discrepancies, that there's contradictories 
in this word. But I want you to understand something. The scriptures are infallible. They're inerrant, meaning they are without error. And while there might be university professors and all out there telling our college students and high school students that this word has errors, that it has discrepancies, I want to tell somebody the truth this morning, that God's word has no errors, that it's infallible. As a matter of fact, the Bible says heaven and earth will fade away, but this word will remain. It's, it's the same yesterday, today, and forever. It never changes. And I want to tell you something. A lot of times the reason why we believe that lie is when this word tells us something that we don't want to believe. A lot of times the reason why the enemy gets us to buy into that lie is when we read something that we don't want to believe. But that's the very purpose of Scripture. The purpose of Scripture, I'm right here, God's standard is here, and his word constantly calls me from where I'm at higher. But a lot of times what we do in life is instead of challenging ourselves to rise up to where God is calling us, we want to bring God's word down to fit what we want. And the enemy's sitting there whispering this lie in your mind. God really didn't mean that. We're so much smarter these days. And the enemy will tell you that the creator who designed everything, who is all-knowing, nothing exist outside everything that was created is created through him and by him and without him nothing that was made was y'all know the scripture i'm referring to meaning all knowledge science doesn't intimidate me philosophy doesn't intimidate me secular scholars and and teachers do not intimidate me because I know the truth of the word of God is that every, every truth that is sustainable and that can be stood on and, 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 you know, because the Bible says all other ground is sinking sand. Meaning you can have your opinions. You can have your thoughts. You can have what you think is right. But at the end, that's all sinking sand. This is what will remain. And I choose to believe it. God's word always calls us higher than where we are currently. So what should happen? Should we move God's word to where we want to be or should we, should we move us to fit God's word? We should move us to fit God's word. See, if you don't buy into the law of the enemy, your life will be much better off. And, you, and actually, it shows it in scripture. Your life will be much better off if you don't believe the law of, of the enemy. 1 Thessalonians 2, 13 says this, for this reason we also thank God without ceasing because when you receive, somebody say received, the word of God which you heard from us, you welcomed it, you received it. You received it, you applied it. It was not just the word of men, it was not man's word, but as it is in truth, the word of God which also effectively works in you who believe. I want you to understand something. When you receive the word of God for what it is, it works. 
It works in you and it works through you. God word, God's word works, but only when you accept it and believe it. As a matter of fact, Timothy Keller says this, if your God never disagrees with you, you might just be worshiping an idolized version of yourself. Step number two, the devil scoffs at the negative consequences of sin. This is the lie that he will tell you. That choice won't hurt anything. A lot of times he will tell you, I can have as many sexual partners as I want. This is two consenting adults. It's just for fun. It's a lie of the enemy. I know we've got kids in here, and if, if listen, they've got kids' church. It was your choice not to put them in kids' church today. But here's the thing. Five, six, seven, eight-year-olds are being indoctrinated what I'm preaching against this morning. And I'm not saying that to get an applause or your approval. I'm just saying if this makes you uncomfortable, then that's a place where you need to check your heart. Because not talking about it and ignoring it is the worst thing that you could possibly do. And so if the world is teaching our kids the lie of the enemy, then we need to be teaching our kids the truth of the Word of God. Amen. And I didn't say that to get an applause. But the enemy will tell you that, that choice won't hurt anything. You're not going to die. He will scoff at the consequences of sin, which the Bible says the wages of sin is what? Death. You won't die. That won't really hurt. That won't really, that, that doesn't matter. These choices are in everything that we do. Our marriages, our finances, our parenting, it can go from husband to wife, from wife to husband, from dad to son, from son to dad. It don't matter what relationship I'm preaching about this morning. It's all applicable. And the enemy will tell you that choice won't hurt anything. It won't hurt for your son to, to see you miss church or it won't hurt for your, 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 your wife to... To, to be without a, a, a spiritual leader in the house, it won't hurt, you know, because he don't, he don't start going real, you know, far out there. What he just, he, if he, what, what did Troy preach? If he can get, get you what? One degree off. If he can get you one, if he can get you questioning, if he can plant the thought in your mind that it's really not that important, it's not that big of a deal. And that's where a lot of the world is today. Listen to me. And I, I know this is hard preaching. And if you want easy preaching, this might not be the church for you. But here's the thing. And, I, and I'm confident when I say that because I'm not trying to, I'm not, I'm not preaching for an audience this morning. I'm preaching to the audience of one. Okay? And here's the thing. The world will tell you the choice that you, you make, they only affect you. It's not that big of a deal. Do what feels best. Do what, do what feels right to you. You're not going to die. Here's the truth of the word of God. Proverbs 14, 12. There's a way that seems right to man, but in the end it leads to death. It may seem right to you, but, but the word of God says what seems right to us in the end it leads to death. And I want you to understand the enemy scoffs 
at the consequences of sin. And the world that we live in today scoffs at the consequences of sin. And, and I'm not trying to preach something that is, is unobtainable, that is, that, is, that is unrealistic this morning. What I am trying to preach to you is, is, is this, that God's desires for you are the best. They're better than anything that this world has to offer. But the enemy's desires for you is the opposite of that. He will paint a picture that this is better. This is, chase after this. It won't hurt anything. But, and, and before you know it, your eyes will be opened. Just, and I'm getting ahead of myself. Like, just like Adam and Eve. Eyes were open. And you, you'll, before you know it, step one leads to step two. Step two leads to step three. Step three leads to step. And before you know it, you are in shame. And you're hiding from others. And you're hiding from God. And the reason why it's so tense in this room right, right now is because over half of us are in that very place. And I knew that coming into today. That's why I prayed and that's why I, I fasted so hard over this, over this sermon series. It's because I know, and, and, and please, nobody get nervous right here. I'm not going to name names, but I can't tell you how many couples that I've sat down with in my office over the past year and had to counsel through marital situations or relationship issues. And I'm not trying to make you feel shame if, if you're one of those in the house this morning. But what I am saying, if you don't feel like there's a need to preach what I'm preaching about this morning, you have lost your mind and you're blind to what the enemy is doing. Not in the world. In the church, we've got, we've got divorce happening. Over half of marriages today end in divorce, and you would think that that's a worldly statistic. No, the statistic remains true, even in the house of God. And I'm here, I'm trying to light a fire under somebody this morning to say the enemy's ways are false and they're a lie, but God's ways are true. And I'll get, I'll get fired up if you want me to. We are prone to, to, to wander, but it's probably cause you've bought into the, the lie that these choices won't hurt. Oh, I'm, it won't hurt if I stray over here. It won't hurt if I dabble over here. I'm too consent, these are two consenting adults. No, listen, the one who created passions and sex created it with certain parameters. Passions need parameters. Boundaries are good. I love a fire, but a fire outside of the parameters is bad. You wouldn't want me to go get firewood, set it down right here on the altar and light it. It would burn the carpet in the house this morning. But I sat by a fire pit last night on, on my back porch watching an outdoor movie with my kids. And guess what? I love that fire pit. We enjoyed it because it was inside of the parameters and the boundaries. And listen to me, these things can be a joy to the fullest in the way God designed them. Step number three, the devil accuses God of evil intent. I know we're live streaming and I know this is unprofessional. Logan, stay up here with me, but hold on just a minute before you start playing because I ain't nowhere near done yet. How many of y'all appreciate Logan this morning? Pastor, we don't know what you want. You call me up here to play and then you tell me to stop playing. Just hang out with me and say amen every once in a while, okay? The devil accuses God of evil intent. 
Give me 15 more minutes. There's a lie. Righteousness is boring and sin is fun. Oh, see, God really knows that if you do this, you'll be more like him. You'll know good and evil. Know what God, that's what, that's what the enemy says. Righteousness is boring. Following God's way, is he, will, is he really withholding this, the fruit of this tree from you? How dare he? How dare he? It's a lie. Righteousness is boring. See, the devil tries to convince you that God is withholding something good from you, but here's the truth. Psalm 16, verse 11. You will show me the path of life in your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. And that's the God that the world doesn't want you to discover. That's the God that, that the world doesn't want your kids to discover. That the path of life, meaning the plan and the purpose and the promises that he has for you are full of joy. And at his right hand are pleasures forevermore. I need to calm down. I'm freaking some people out this morning. <laughs> Spitting, hollering, screaming, sweating. I'm a firm believer that if you follow God's path and design for marriage and relationships, nothing in this world can compare to the joy and the pleasures you'll experience in this life, on this side of heaven. So many, so many Christians, I believe, and this goes hand in hand, have bought into this lie. Well, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna suffer right now because I want to go to heaven. No wonder we don't have people lining up at the door to be a part of this trip because a lot of Christians is just walking around buying into the lie. Well, righteousness is boring, or righteousness is, is boring and sin is fun. So I'm just gonna suffer right now just so I can go to heaven. No, the path that God has for you is full of joy. And sometimes we gotta remind our face, come on somebody. Remind our face that this thing is full of joy and at his right hand is pleasure forevermore. As a matter of fact, we had a, a man Friday, Friday night, Austin Hancock, right? He preached on chasing after or going after God. He brought out the scripture Seek the Lord with all your heart, all your, or seek the Lord with all your, with everything anyway, and he'll give you the desires of your heart. You know what I'm talking about? And God gave me a revelation on that scripture here. I don't have this in my notes. He gave me a revelation on that scripture a while back because here's the thing. Love the Lord your God. Seek after him, desire him, and he will give you your heart's desires. Because then your heart is desiring what he wants for your life, which is the best things in life, which are the excellent thing, not just the good things, but the most excellent things. Uh, see, we bought into this thing. Well, if I just love God and I worship him, then he'll give me everything I want. <laughs> no, what you want might not be the best. But if you desire after him more than anything, seek the kingdom of heaven first. And then he'll give you, that's the, I knew I, if I preached it long enough, I would, I would get there eventually. Seek first the kingdom of heaven yes. and all his righteousness. And then he will give you your heart's desires. He'll tell you your heart what to desire. See, the most loving thing God does is call us out of sin. 
The most loving thing that God does is call you out of sin. But the world will tell you that's the worst thing, God. The world will tell you that, that you were created that way or you were born this way. Or No, the Bible says we were all born into sin. And that we're all in need of a Savior. So I don't argue with people when, when they say, well, I was just born. You, okay, you might have been born that way, but the Bible says you have to be reborn. And so the most loving thing that my God can do is call you out of darkness, call you out of sin. The Bible says it this way in 1 Peter. He says for, that he has called us out of darkness and placed us in his marvelous light. And that we should show forth the praises of him who has done that. Step number four, the devil advertises sin as beneficial. So you buy into this, that sin, righteousness is boring, sin is fun. He'll actually convince you a step further. If you give him an inch, he'll take a mile. And he'll actually tell you that sin is beneficial. Here's the lie. He says your life will be better with you, with you leading it. Listen to me. We cannot follow our own feelings. Why? Because we don't know what is best for us. We can't be our own God. i got to hurry. Here's the truth. We've got to have a life surrendered to the Lord. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 through 20. Or do you not know that your body, your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own? You don't belong to you. I know you want to think that, and I know you want to say, it's my life, I'm going to do what I want to do. It's not your life. And I know this hard preaching this morning. And if you, if you come in and you're a guest and you're, and you're not used to, to this surrendered Christianity that, that to, to forsake all and follow Jesus, listen to me. I know it sounds crazy and listen to me. It is. <laughs> to you, to your mind, to your flesh. Remember what Proverbs says. There's a way that seems right, but in the end it leads to death. Well, the opposite of that is there's a way that don't make sense. There's a way that seems wrong, but in the end, it leads to life. It leads to joy. It leads to the fullness thereof. And I want to follow that path. I don't want to follow the path of the enemy. I want to follow the path of God. You are not your own, for you were bought at a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. They belong to him. Your life is not your own. Pastor, I'm just going to do what I want to with my life. Listen, you're allowed. You're allowed. You know why? Because God gave you free will. And you can do whatever you want to with your life. You can follow your own way. But I'm going to leave the light on for you. I'm going to leave the light on. Because eventually, guess what? You're going to be back. Giving up something now for something better later isn't a sacrifice. It's an investment. We do it with our finances. We do it with our education. We do it with every other thing. Why can't we do it in our relationships? Why can't we make better choices now in our relationships? Why can't we make an investment right now to have something better in the future? I wish, I wish that I would have listened to what my pastor and what my, my, my youth pastors and my, my Sunday school teachers was, was, was preaching and teaching when I was younger in life. Listen to me. The world will tell you that, that it's a sacrifice. And I know we're to live, present our bodies as a living sacrifice. And I know I 
but the world, what I'm saying is the world looks at it as, as, as a bad thing, that you're giving up something, you know, and, and, and listen to me, you're making an investment because if you really want more in 24, listen, this is the vision of the church. I'm not getting away from the vision this year. I'm going to constantly put it out before you because if we want to approve the things that are excellent in our life, I, listen, hear my heart. I've, I've experienced the goodness of God, and we've sung a song about the goodness of God, but I, 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 I don't want just the good things. I want the better things. I want the excellent things. I want the greater things, and sometimes that means making an investment right now to, to in the future, operate in that power and in the anointing of God to lay hands on the sick and see them healed. Listen to me. The world may call you crazy. The world may call you a few fries short of a happy meal until they get themselves in a situation where they need prayer. And guess what? Guess who they're calling on? They're going to call on those crazy <laughs> they're going to call on those crazy Jesus followers. They're going to call on those crazy church people that that might shout and run the aisles and, and dance and 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 speak in tongues and clap their hands and do all that stuff that they call crazy, but you let them get in a situation where they're in a desperate situation and look who they call on because they understand that at the end of the day, I'm gonna tell you, every single person gets theirself into a situation where you need God. Lie number five, you begin to play, Logan. Thank you. As a matter of fact, praise team, come on up. The devil uses sin to create shame that destroys our future relationships. Here's the lie he, he tells you, it's too late, run and hide. It's too late, run and hide. And some of you under the sound of my voice right now, you can't wait to get out of here. Number one, because the guy up here preaching is crazy as Betsy Bug. No, I'm just playing. Number two, because like Pastor Rod said earlier, you've, you've, be, you've become comfortable in your shame. You've become comfortable in your hiding. And you've bought into the lie. Some of you, I've, I guarantee you, you looked at me crazy earlier when I said that over 50% of you under the sound of my voice right now are in this situation, but you are, and you, you, some of you don't even realize it. You're hiding from God because the enemy has convinced you that in your shame, what did they do? They hid themselves. They hid themselves. And that's what sin always does. Sin will cause shame in your life. Sin will call shame and anxiety. Help me in your life. And right now, some of you are under the sound of my voice. Every head bowed, every eye closed right now. Some of you are under the sound of my voice and you don't even realize, but right now you are sitting in shame and the enemy wants you to stay there. But I'm here to tell somebody that God is calling you. God is crying out to you in your hiding. And he won't, he won't relent. He's never going to leave you. He's never going to forsake you. And I want to pray. And I want to ask God's will to be done in this place right now. God, I love you. And I thank you, God, for this opportunity, God, right now. God, to preach your word. And I pray, Lord Jesus, God, that you would just do the work that only you can do in this house, God. It's out of my hands. It's out of my control. 
Have your way from the front to the back, from wall to wall. God, as we close our eyes and we focus our hearts and our minds on you. Church, I want you to hear this. There's three possible responses to this message today. Number one is defensiveness. You can be defended. You can be defensive. You can say, no, uh-uh, that's not for me. I'm going to keep doing me. But I'm going to tell you something. That's the spirit of the enemy. The spirit of the enemy says, I will do this or I will ascend or I will. But the spirit of Christ says, Father, not my will, but your will. So number one, you can choose to be defensive. Number two, you can choose condemnation. You can just sit there and feel condemned. And you can sit here and say, how dare that preacher or how dare God believe he knows what's best. How dare this, how dare that. But I want you to understand something. The Bible says there's no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. And this message is not to condemn you. This message is to draw you closer to the God who created you. You have to let the one who designed you define you. And the third possible response is this, and it's repentance. And repentance might be a moment of pain, but being unrepentant is a lifetime of pain. It might hurt for a moment for your flesh to humble itself and to repent and say, God, I'm tired of doing it my way. Your way is better. But you can choose to be unrepentant today. And instead of just enduring maybe a moment of pain, endure a lifetime of pain, of unrepentance. So with everybody as, as, as reverent as you know how. You we hope you've been blessed by today's message. Make sure to subscribe to stay up to date with our most recent episodes. To find out more, visit us at forwardchurchonline.com. There you can connect with us, learn more about our ministries, and submit any prayer requests you may have. We hope you join us again soon.